today's episode, it, it, it just shows that no matter how hard you try, there are some people you just cannot make happy. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Welcome to my take. Well, it's not my take. It's Miguel Crespo's take. Whatever. For inspiration to go. Welcome to my take. Pastor Crespo here. My take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of the My Take family. We are doing something uh, interesting today, another interview. Again, uh, you know, I, I like sports, but I'm not a sports fanatic, but I've been focusing on Super Bowl-themed podcast episodes lately, and I guess the root of this podcast episode is about the Super Bowl. You'll understand once we get to it. But let me take the time right now to introduce to to introduce uh, to the podcast uh, someone who is not he. This is not his first time here with us, uh, Pastor Pastor Dustin Hall, uh, a, a colleague, friend of mine. Uh, I like to say he's a friend. He probably doesn't want to let people know that, but uh, <laughs> uh, we 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 came up through the ranks together. I guess you could say. Uh, welcome, Pastor Hall. How are you? Doing well. How are you? <laughs> doing well. Doing well. Glad. Happy glad to be here. Glad you could make it. Well, listen, uh, we are here to discuss and just, you know, in a way, to be honest, I feel like I got to get it off my chest. I'm a little bit upset on this subject. And so I'm thinking you might feel maybe a similar way or not, but we're going to talk about something that happened during the Super Bowl. Now, uh, Pastor Hall, did you watch the Super Bowl, by the way? Yep, uh, uh, reluctantly. I'm, I'm a Bills fan, so I was tired of seeing the Chiefs there, but I did. I did watch it. <laughs> so, were you rooting for anyone? Uh, not really. I didn't really want to see the Chiefs win, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have a horse in that race. I, I, I don't get a chance to watch football too often. But I was traveling, so I'm finding myself in a hotel room with nothing to do, and the, I said, "Oh, great!" I grabbed a little pizza and watched the game, and. Uh, <laughs> Something interesting happened there, and I want to talk about what happened during the Super Bowl. But actually, before I do that, I, I have this new, I'll call it tradition that I've started. And anytime we get someone on, you know, uh, there are people that watch this podcast, not just here locally, but in other parts of the world. And I never know who's listening or watching the podcast, depending on where they catch it. I ask a question of each guest that I bring on. So I'm going to ask you this question. Pastor Hall, I know you're a Christian. I know you're a pastor. But can you just answer the question, why do you believe? Well, I believe for a few reasons. Uh, one of those reasons is I had an experience with God when I was seven or eight years old. Um, my mom had just been diagnosed with a debilitating illness. And uh, she was going to have to be hospitalized for a while. And I remember going into the doctor's office and they actually set me out in the waiting room all by myself. And my mom and dad went in to talk to the doctor and I had no idea what was going on. I, they hadn't told me anything yet. And uh, I was out there in the waiting room and I'm thinking, is my mom dying? What's going on here? Mm. And uh, the doctor called me into the office and he explained to me what she was going through and what, um, what her treatment was going to look like. And I remember being extremely scared. I didn't know 
what most of it meant that he was telling me. And, you know, it was, it was too hard for a little kid to understand, but I knew it was scary. And I knew it, you know, it meant that my mom was going to have to be in the hospital for a while. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, all of a sudden, I just felt a hand on my shoulder and a presence in, in, in the room with me. And I had this overwhelming sense of everything is going to be okay. And, uh, I've had several other times in my life where I felt that same presence when things are, are hard or stressful or scary. And, uh, I just, I, I can't, I couldn't deny it at the time. And I've never been able to deny it since. And then, you know, obviously things come up in your life and you have questions and challenges and struggles. And that's when I've asked intellectual questions. And as I read the Bible and I look at my faith and the church that I belong to, uh, it just makes too much sense to not be true. And there's too many, um, too many variables and details that in, in the Bible that were described and, and written over several thousand years. And uh, they just all link together and work perfectly together and fit together. And it, it just couldn't be made up. So one, it's the experiential part of feeling God's presence. And then it's the intellectual part of being convinced that the word of God is true. The Bible's true. Hmm. And um, so I guess those two things together are why I believe. Yeah, I think I think that's that's interesting. I uh, appreciate that. But you know, Dustin, I know uh, uh, I understand that you were headed to the major leagues. You were you your your path was you wanted to be a, a pro ball player, baseball player, right? Yeah, and and <laughs> yeah. I mean just 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 quickly. I mean, this isn't the 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 meat of the podcast, but I, I'm always interested. And I'm sure people can be too. When you see someone who uh, had a direction they were going in, and here you are, a pastor. Um, you know, you're. I'm sure you're making the same salary as you would if you were a pro ball player. So I know you didn't do the. You didn't make the switch for the money. Uh, so what? What? How, what happened? How? How did you go from going that way to uh, to going into you know ministry, getting more serious about God? So I played baseball from the time I was very young, little league, t-ball, um, all the way through college. And um, I never played on Saturday, which I believe is the Lord's day of rest. And I didn't because I believe that God gave me the ability to play baseball. And I wanted to honor him by keeping his commandments and and following, you know, the fourth commandment. And so... Um, I didn't know that I was even going to play in college. My, I was a good ball player growing up. I was good in little league, um, in junior high, but my senior year of, of high school, I actually, we were down in Florida for spring training and, uh, I didn't know until right before the game, but my coach said I was going to pitch and, uh, I, went out to the mound. I went through my pregame warmups and I always prayed before I went out to the mound and I did it again. I did this again and took off my hat and said a word of prayer. And in that moment, I felt that same presence on the mound that I had felt when I was a little boy in that doctor's office. So, um, I felt God's presence 
and I started pitching. And this, you know, when you go down to Florida, when you're a northern team, you're facing teams that are they play all year round down in Florida. They don't mm-hmm. have off season like we okay. do up here. And so they're better, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're ready. So when we went down, that's the team we were fa- kind of team we were facing. And I was mowing them down pitching. They couldn't hit my fastball. My slider was breaking with, you know, right off the table, falling right off the table, striking out a lot of guys. I didn't know you were uh, a pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that actually was one of the reasons I was able to not play on Sabbath was because I'd pitch during the week and then I just wouldn't even be available on the weekend anyway. So it didn't really make any difference whether I was there or not. Um, So my fastball up to that time, up to that game, I'd only ever thrown like the mid 80s, 82, 83, lower 80s. But this game, and I'd felt God's presence, I was thrown in the low 90s. <laughs> so my fastball jumped almost 10 miles an hour for un, for no apparent reason, other than God was there with me. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with God throughout that game. I don't, some people have seen the movie For Love of the Game. Um, this guy's just in the zone. He's pitching his last game. He's out on the mound and he basically doesn't even, he's not paying much attention to the game. He's just pitching. And, and it was that way with me only I wasn't paying attention to the game. I was having a conversation with God. And, uh, basically out of that conversation, God said to me, we're going to continue this if you'll do it for my honor and my glory. And, uh, I did, I, you know, I maintained that witness. I was able to share my faith with teammates and coaches. I went on college recruiting visits. I ended up with a tryout with a Baltimore Orioles organization. And all through that, I just tried to stay faithful with God and share my faith whenever I could and kept the Sabbath. And uh, God really blessed me. And then at the end of my senior year, even though I was being scouted by the Orioles, they, uh, my arm, my shoulder gave out on me. I just, it wouldn't, I hurt my shoulder and my fastball <laughs> that had jumped so much my senior year of high school all of a sudden dropped again at the end of my senior year of college. And uh, I just felt that that was God's way of saying, okay, this this period, this stage is over. over. Now it's time to go and do something else. And I got into teaching for a while and then God called me out of teaching into full-time ministry. So yeah. that was my journey. Wow. Okay. Life, life is interesting. I, I, I knew you were, you played, but I didn't know you were a pitcher. Okay, I, I figured with your size, you must have been a, the the heavy hitter on the team. Sammy <laughs> no, the, I was a pitcher. The white Sammy Sosa. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I hit I hit really well in high school, but yeah, yeah. Once you get to college and they know you can pitch, they take the bat right out of your hands. So. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Trying to save you. Okay, all right. Well, well, Pastor, you know the 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 reason for this podcast, uh, we wanna we wanna discuss. I wanna discuss with you this this commercial that came on during the Super Bowl. I know you've seen it. Uh, we've had we've talked about it a little bit. <clears throat> it's it's the he gets us commercial. Now I I have it. I want to show it so that our our um our our listeners can get a feel of what we're talking about. Do you want to tee it up? Do you want to introduce it before I play it? Sure. You know, this this commercial came on. This is a series, one in a series of commercials that have been going on over the last several years. They're actually, if, 
I, as I understand, made by a billionaire Christian who pays for <clears throat> TV ads and commercials that explain different parts of the Christian faith. And this commercial uh, came on and it, it's a series of, as people will see, it's a series of pictures of people washing other people's feet and uh, their pairings of people that you wouldn't normally see relating to each other. And um, it created quite a firestorm amongst mostly Christians. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it, uh, it, it's a very moving, powerful message, I think. And uh, yeah, I guess that's a, a, okay. a good segue into it. So before I bring us to the video, those of you who are watching on Spotify, of course, you can catch the video, uh, the, the podcast in its video format. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, of course, you're just going to get the audio. So you, you, you're not going to get the full flavor. I would encourage you to go to Spotify, check it out. So uh, let's, let's bring that up and just uh, get a sense of what this video was that caused such a stir. Ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. I, I was standing. You were there. Two worlds colliding, and they. Well, there you go. That's the commercial. Um, <laughs> I, I was, well, let, let, I don't want to get to my impressions just yet. Let, let me ask you, uh, Dustin, Pastor Hall, what was the point of the video? What were they trying to accomplish with the video from your perspective? Well, well, it's, it's hard to say exactly, but I believe that the message of that video is what the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, and it's, it's a message about how God doesn't wait for us to be perfect. He doesn't wait for us to clean ourselves up. He doesn't wait for us to um, be just right. He shows us grace and mercy and love, regardless of where we find ourselves, regardless of what our walk of life is, what our choices are currently, God comes down to us and shows us love and mercy. And in those pictures, you know, obviously they're, they're the person that was washing the other person's feet. They come from two entirely different walks of life. And I think the message is for us to act like Jesus does, to show the kind of love and mercy and unearned favor toward each other that Jesus has shown us through his, through his love for us. Right. So and so now now we're getting into the the video itself. I I I was watching the Super Bowl and the video to be honest 
it caught me off guard because I typically, you know, you don't see a lot of Christian things on uh, major broadcast TV. And so this thing was like halfway, three quarters through when I'm seeing somebody's washing someone's feet. Somebody's, you know, all these different scenes. What is this? And and it, it like they weren't playing a hymn for the background music. It was, it was a what I would have mistaken for just another song, and then the electric guitar. And I'm like, okay, what well, what is this? It, I was surprised by it. But what surprised me even more was what happened after the whole thing. What can you talk a little bit about? What what did what did you? I mean, did, first of all. Did you see the commercial during the Super Bowl? Did you get it? I mean, you were watching the game, but did you did you know that it was played yeah. during the Super Bowl? Yeah, I saw <clears> it. You know, it was it was a longer commercial. You know, usually commercials are about thirty seconds. This was a minute. Yep. And I was moved by it. I thought it was a powerful message, and it was a message that isn't necessarily designed to speak to seasoned Christians, but shows a part of the gospel to people that may not understand it. And it might make people see things a little bit differently and ask questions about Christianity that they wouldn't have asked before. Um, I, I, that's what I, I felt about it. Yeah, for me, look, uh, the, 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 um, there was feedback that uh, I guess I, I would say wasn't good from people that I might normally listen to on things like YouTube and and stuff like that. And it made me feel like, well, what did I miss? Am I am I like a bad Christian because I didn't pick up I there was some there had to be something in there that was like really bad and did they have like 666 there? Was it like a mocking of Christianity <laughs> something? What 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 did you I mean uh, what was the feedback that you saw from 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 Christians and and did you did you hear any feedback at all from non-Christians? So I I thought it was a good commercial and moved on. I thought, oh, hopefully people will go to the website, check it out, you know, maybe ask more questions. And then the next day, I think it was on X or Twitter, I saw all these, you know, they have a feed now that doesn't just show you the people you follow. It's it's things you might be interested in. And all of these people in that feed, one after another, were criticizing it and saying mm. it wasn't the whole message of Jesus. It wasn't the true gospel. It should have said X, Y, Z. Um, it just, all of these angry <laughs> type reactions to it. And I'm thinking, where are these people coming from? I don't understand this at all. I thought it was a great conversation starter for people to think more <clears throat> deeply about Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. that is not, and, and predominantly these were Christians attacking the commercial and which really surprised me too, because like you, I thought, Hey, a message about Jesus during the Super Bowl, Wonderful. But yet they're attacking this person in these commercials. Now, not just that commercial, they're starting to attack the rest of the commercials, you know, we love our cancel culture right now, mm -hmm. and uh, they're almost applying that. And I didn't see much from from non-Christians, um, too much on Twitter anyway, which is where I saw mm -hmm. most of the backlash. I think, I don't know what kind of impact it had in, in you know, the secular world, but man, there was a firestorm amongst Christians. 
Yeah, I <clears throat> I was a little bit surprised as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was surprised as well. It's like, you know, what is wrong with you people? Does it is it really that bad of a thing <clears throat> that a sinner might feel accepted in the presence of Jesus? That mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he's condoning what they do, but you know, I, to me, the thing that that struck me was what you just said that it seemed like the the Christians were all up in arms about this video. I didn't hear mm-hmm. very much uh, from those who would not, you know, those who are non-Christian. A couple of people in maybe in politics. I think AOC, she's uh, from New York somewhere uh, down in the city, uh, a senator, I guess, or whatever. She she was complaining about the video, making some comments. But <clears throat> to me, I thought, what what is wrong with you people? How can you mm-hmm. it, it it you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the story when Jesus is eating at Zacchaeus' house. When Jesus is hanging out with people like Matthew and people, and then the leaders say, he eats and drinks with sinners. Yeah. They were all upset that he would do that because why? Because you make people feel like, hey, it's okay. Yep. Does that mean yep. that it's okay to sin? No. So, no, in fact, and and this this there's another video that was released by this some of these groups. Um, people can find it. It's it's called "He Saves Us." So it was it was their version of what the commercial should have been. Yeah, and it's all these people. Some of them are famous people who have come out of a really rough life. One was a gang leader. Another one was a new age guru. Another one was a abortion clinic uh doctor you know all these different people from the kind of life that most christians would say needs to change and um it was how they lived one way and now they're differently and the message was he saves us he changes us he transforms us and i thought you know we as christians become so ignorant something happens when we become christians that our worldview changes so much and we no longer remember what it was like to think like a person who's not a Christian. Because mm. the whole premise, the whole premise of Christianity, the whole reason we change and want our lives to be different is because Jesus loved us first. You know, there's a passage in the Bible that says we love him because, because he first loved us. That's right. And all of these people in this commercial that the that, that was made, yes, they've been transformed, but I thought, you know, it's a nice commercial. I like the commercial. I like the message, but it makes sense to Christians. It doesn't make as much sense to non-Christians who are watching that and going, okay, I have to change in order for Jesus to love me. I have to come out of my lifestyle in order to be loved mm. by Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, you... you us ignorant Christians have forgotten that the reason that our lives may have changed is because we fell in love with Jesus because we were convinced that he loved us first. Right. While we were yet sinners, before we ever knew his name or we ever did anything good or our lives changed, we changed because of how much he loved us and his love was poured out on us first. And then that transformation began to take place. And it was because we chose it. We wanted it. 
and and he did the changing. Now, and hold, so to hold, me, hold, hold yeah, on, go Dustin, I got I got to stop yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, I'm preaching because <laughs> no, no, I got to stop you because I I yeah, look, are you saying, are you saying that Jesus loves people before they change? Yes. So That's so what does I'm saying. does Jesus love abortion doctors? Yes. Does Jesus love people that get abortions? Yes. Uh, people that enter into alternate lifestyle. Are you telling me Jesus loves those people even before they change? As, just as much as he <clears throat> loves me. Yep. Wow. Okay. Isn't that good to know? <laughs> <laughs> what What is some of these people? I you know they need to go eat a cookie. They need something because you can't. I I don't get what you, you know the 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 at least from my perspective we there's a lot of talk about cancel culture where if a person let's say a person is in hollywood or a person is some major figure if they espouse christian beliefs even during the super bowl if you say i want to give god all the honor and glory today they sometimes edit some of those things out in sports games they yeah. cancel people who express christian beliefs in the public square now someone wants to share some Christian values in the public square, and it's the Christians that are trying to cancel. It's it's frustrating. The now I don't remember the gentleman's name. Forgive me for that. But one of the people who was responsible for producing this, he was actually uh, making the rounds on some Christian podcasts, some of the more popular ones that have a lot of views, followers on on YouTube. And he was being pressed. Why did you do this? Why, you know, why did you do this or that? And he used a term um, that that we we don't use in our church, but but we use we say the word seed sowing. But he said mm. what this commercial was was pre evangelism. In mm. other words, it's 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 you know they were wondering well, why didn't you talk about repentance and and <clears throat> this and that is no the the whole goal was to do pre-evangelism where we're, we're sharing who Jesus is with people. And, and yeah. I guess the thing that struck me was is some of those people were like, no, you got to press them more, ask them harder questions. <laughs> we, we are it was a worst. it was a one minute commercial. I mean how much how much do they do they want in there? And yeah. and again, I, something happened. Some, some of us Christians grew up in it and we don't know, what it's like to not be a Christian and to not think like a Christian. What do we lose? What 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 is it that we? I, I get. I'm with you, but I'm just. What do we lose? What what is it that we're losing? Well, our, our worldview changes, and we see things differently, and we interpret the world differently, and we realize that God wants the best for us, and the things that He asks of us are in our best interest. And many Christians want others to have that same kind of experience where your life changes and you get the best out of life. You get the best out of your faith and, and your walk with God. You get the best out of who you were created to be. And God fills <clears throat> that sort of God-shaped hole in our hearts that we all have that can only be filled by Him. And... I think because our worldview changes so much, or some of us have never really 
known what it was to walk apart from God or not know God or not know the Bible or not know anything about mm. Jesus, that our world and our, our just totally does not connect or, or relate to people that don't have that same worldview. Yeah. yeah. And and I think, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I Go ahead. Well, the, the, no, but what you said just resonates with me. You know what I was thinking about? Um, I, I was looking it up because I wanted to get the wording right. Um, people forget. But the, there are two things that came to my mind. One is, I, and I know you've had this experience too, you talk to parents who are concerned for the salvation of their children, and it seems like mm-hmm. they want their children to act like little pastors. And... Mm. And we then I I've had conversations with some parents who are worried about their children because they're they're not you know they're not they don't really want to be religious or spiritual at this point, and I say to them, well, what was your story like growing up? Well, I I was a rebel. I did this and that, and I it wasn't until my I got older, got married, that I got serious about God. And I said, well, well, why don't you give your child space to to walk that journey instead of mm. already trying to push them to be like you are at fifty? Or yep. forty or whatever. Understand that there's a journey. You can't you can't just just automatically judge where they're going because life is a journey and and we automatically you know we want people to be just like us. We forget that there's a path. There's a there's a journey yeah. that we all take. But the, the other yeah. thing that came up to my mind was the Apostle Paul in Ephesians two in Ephesians two verses eight and nine. You know he says we're saved by grace through faith, but those those first seven verses. Paul is reminding those people in Ephesus. He says, and you he's quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, uh, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past. So mm-hmm. he's reminding these people, look, you're looking down at these people who you have forgotten or, or no, I'm not going to say you've forgotten. He is reminding them, remember, you were just like them. Yeah. And we're all and, saved by grace. And one of, the, one of the criticisms I saw about the commercial was people saying, well, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. He was only washing people's feet who were following him. And that is <laughs> such biblical ignorance. Because when you understand what the Gospels are actually saying— you realize that the disciples had no idea at that point what Jesus stood for. They couldn't figure out what he was teaching. They thought he was going to be this earthly king who was going to deliver them from the bondage or from the rule of the Romans. And they were all arguing about who is the greatest. Even up to the moment that Jesus stoops down to wash their feet. And so it's really ironic, I think, that these Christians are almost standing in judgment over those people whose feet are being washed in that commercial as if they're better than them when the disciples were having the same argument about who is greater or who's going who's gonna to have the most power when Jesus comes into his kingdom. And those disciples did not fully understand what he was doing by washing their feet until after the resurrection, until the Holy Spirit fell on them and they saw things completely differently and they understood what he, what he meant all those years. And so really these Christians are like the parable of the prodigal son. 
know, mm-hmm. there's two brothers. One brother takes the inheritance from the father. He goes off and lives this wild life. There's another brother who stays at home. And then the, the one that left, he spends all his money and um, he lives, a, you know, he, he yeah. runs out of money, ends up living in a pigsty. And he, he thinks, you know, I'll go work for my father. I can't be counted as one of his sons anymore because I've betrayed him so much. But I'll, I'll go work for him. He'll give me a job. Well, as he's on his way home, the father sees that son and he runs to the son. He takes off his own robe, puts it on this son's shoulders, takes the ring off his finger, puts it on the son's hand and welcomes him home with open yeah. arms. And when the other brother sees the prodigal son come home, he stands in judgment and condemns him. And he says, I've been here all along. Why are you throwing this guy a party when he was, you know, living a wild life and, and, and offended you by taking the inheritance while you're still alive? And, and to me, those Christians that were saying, Jesus didn't wash the feet of people like that. Yeah. He only washed the feet of his followers. Number one, they didn't understand where the disciples really were in their own journey. And number <laughs> two, they're like the old the, the son who stayed when the prodigal son came home sitting in judgment and under, realizing that God loves prodigal sons and daughters. Oh, and man. he showers his love on them despite what is happening in their lives. He just loves them. Yeah. And that was the message I got from the commercial, but so many Christians, it, it, it angered them like that other, uh, that other son, like yeah, that, that brother. That, that, you know what, that is an excellent story to, to, as an analogy to what, what's happened here with this is that the, the, the older brother that stayed had this issue, but, but think, think about, you know, for those of you who are, who are listening to us, think about, what grace and mercy look like. If you can't come up with a definition using words, think about this story. The prodigal son, just like Dustin said, he goes, he wastes his father's inheritance, blows it, comes back dirty, filthy, um, with the last memory was when he had his back to his family, walking away with all half of his father's stuff, just totally dishonored his family. And the father didn't wait for signs that he had been reformed. In other words, mm-hmm. he didn't wait for him to act right for a few days or a week. Let me see if I can trust him because maybe he's just hungry, but he's going to go back to his old ways. Mm-hmm. The father immediately, the Bible says, he ran to him and like to put his coat, coat on him, his ring, his shoes. You know, you are part of the family. And, and the older brother is like, you know, where's the repentance? He's here, but mm-hmm. the guy's just hungry. Nobody wants him, so he's here because he has no choice. If you want a picture of what mercy and grace looks like, it's what the father did to the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all you people out there who are so bent out of shape over this video, it's like, come on. Who are you in the story of the prodigal son? Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus and will it, even it, wash your feet, okay? <laughs> right. And that's the point is we're all prodigals, all of yeah. us. Yeah. Even if we grew up in the Christian church, yeah. Jesus said, I came for the sick, not the healthy. And so if you if you want to have a part with him, you see everyone is in the same boat. Right. And 
I sin differently than somebody else sins, but we all sin. We all sin. But Jesus loves us. And yes, he wants to transform us. Yes, he wants to help us out of whatever lifestyle we're in or choices we're making that hurt us ultimately and hurt our relationship with him. But we have to know that he runs to the aid of sinners because he loves us and he doesn't yeah. wait for us to fix ourselves first. Yeah. He just wants to be with us. That's it. That's all he's ever wanted yeah. is yeah. just to be with us. It, you know, you know, Dustin, there's an element to this commercial and it caught me by surprise. I, I like I said, it was, it was a, uh, in and out. By the time it was over, I'm like, wait, 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 what what just happened? That that was a Christian commercial. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. But mm-hmm. of course, to to you and I, um, I at least to, in my opinion, I think that this commercial would have a little bit more connection because they were using foot washing as a symbol. Mm. Not not a whole lot of churches engage in foot washing. You know, mm. foot washing is part of the communion service, the biblical communion service, where that, that well, they refer to the Last Supper, but Jesus washed their feet, and then they broke bread. You know, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we do practice foot washing. Now, mm-hmm. what what is, can you just share a little bit, what does foot washing mean to us? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think in most faith traditions, and, and actually I tweeted out after all this unrest, that it caused, um, I said, I, I, I would bet that most people complaining about this commercial have never washed some, never truly washed someone else's feet. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you, when you wash feet, number one, it teaches us that we're all equal. We are all part of the human family and that no one is better than someone else. When you humble yourself that way, it's awkward. It's weird. You know, you're touching somebody's sock lint and Mm -hmm. their feet might smell. You know, it's an uncomfortable thing, but it is a symbol. You know, it doesn't bring it, make us holy or anything like that. But there are certain things that God asks us to do because by participating in something literal and physical, it is a is a staunch reminder, a, a clear reminder of the message of of from God. Hmm. And one of those is we're all equal. We're all the same. We're all part of the same family in desperate need of grace and mercy. And the one that is washing the feet receives a blessing because you're serving someone. You're humbling yourself like Jesus humbled himself to the disciples. And it comes from the custom um, back in the first century and and before where um, a servant would do that. And at the Last Supper, there was no servant present. And they're all kind of looking around the room like, okay, who's going to do this? Mm-hmm. And of all of them, thinking that they're better than all the rest, are saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to play the part of a servant. I'm not going to humble myself. Um, and uh, finally, Jesus, Jesus, the creator of the universe, the savior of the world, He's the one that gets up, takes off his outer garment, and begins to wash their feet. And in those days, they wore sandals, and the roads were mostly dirt. So their feet are filthy. And he is scrubbing their dirty, disgusting, smelly feet. And he is the king of the universe. Hmm. 
he was willing to serve them in their pride and selfishness and their sin. He was willing to serve them and love them and show them that. So the one that is doing the doing the washing of the feet receives a blessing because they remember that Christ serves us, but we're also to serve our fellow man. That's right. And then the person whose feet are is being washed, and this was what Jesus said to Peter, because Peter's like, no, you can't wash my feet, Jesus. No way. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to let you do that. He was loud and prideful and loved to speak up and look like he had something to say. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus said, well, if, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. And the message there is that we need to be willing to receive blessings. We need to be willing to humble ourselves to receive grace, mercy, love from others. Because in this world, we're tempted to believe we've got it all figured out on our own. We can do it in our own strength. Yeah. We can become clean or righteous or strong in our own abilities. And Jesus says, no, you have to let me serve you in order for this blessing to be poured out in your life. And so um, not only does the one doing the foot washing receive a blessing, but the one receiving it receives a blessing as well, because we understand that we can't be made clean and whole or strong in our own strength or effort. It has to be done on our behalf. That's right. And I think if you are not someone who's, uh, it, well, if you're not religious, but if you are and you still do not have that foot washing right in your worship, then you probably had a more difficult time getting this. Humbling mm -hmm. yourself. Jesus, the, as you said, the king of the universe, creator of everything, he can create with thought. I mean, he, he says, let it be, and it is. He humbled himself in front of Judas, Peter, uh, Thomas, doubting Thomas, uh, Simon the Zealot, who was basically a terrorist in those days, that he mm -hmm. would fit the definition of a terrorist. Uh, yeah. All of these people who were more interested in, in power, who was going to get the, the position next to Jesus when he made himself king, and he, mm -hmm. he humbled himself. I, I think of the, to me, the word humility and humiliation are two different words, but they mm. are the same word. Yeah. Jesus humiliated himself. He humbled himself. Sometimes we don't want to humiliate ourselves, but mm. we need to be humble. We need to not think so much of ourselves. It's it's. Yeah. Hey, uh, Dustin, I wanna I wanna ask you a question, uh, and maybe we can kind of wrap up with this here because one of the complaints was that you know they didn't do this, they didn't do that, and um, they had sixty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had you had sixty seconds, man. I mean, you know, it, it took 1,500 years to write the Bible. Right? Yeah. All he had, all they did, and it's 60 seconds. So my question, if you, Pastor Hall, were given unlimited budget, millions of dollars, but you have 60 seconds to produce a commercial that's going to be played at the Super Bowl, what might that commercial look like? That's a really good question. And you, you sent this to me ahead of time. And I was, <laughs> I was thinking about how I'd answer that. And I, I think, I think I'd have to say, I'm not sure. Um, but I will say this, it, it made me realize, and, and this commercial, the commercial we're talking about made me realize 
that we need to figure out ways to communicate the truths of God and the gospel in more simple ways that anybody can understand. Mm. That we need to be able, it's the greatest story ever told. It's the greatest news that's ever been reported in the entire history of the universe. But it becomes so complicated and so filled with caveats and things. And, and Christians have overcomplicated it and we've made it inaccessible for people that don't have the same knowledge base that we do. We have got to figure out ways to more simply and clearly communicate the good news, the greatest story ever told to people that don't have the same world. Because our, our, the United States, we're full of people that come from different religions, different backgrounds. You know, it used to be in the U.S., um, even up until a few generations ago, everybody had a working knowledge of the Bible, or just right. about everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I, if you read Mark Twain's books, you know, Huck Finn's dad is the town drunk, but he quotes scripture, <laughs> you know, so everybody had a relationship, some kind of relationship or knowledge of the Bible or some kind of relationship to the church. And now we have many different religions. We have people from all walks of life, people that didn't grow up in the church. We have no knowledge of the Bible at all. And we have got to figure out ways to make it accessible and understandable and simple yep. for people to understand who don't have the same background as us. And I, 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 I thought about that question and I thought, how would I do that? And I always run back to my Christian metaphors, my, my theological symbolism and all of that. And I don't think that always connects with people. I've mm -hmm. got to figure out simple ways to communicate this uh, for people that don't relate to those things. Uh, Dustin, that you just spoke to my heart because I, to me, um, I had no idea either. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a creative person. I'm just not that way. Uh, but I think just exactly what you say, we live in a world where we just, we have to find a way to connect with biblically illiterate people to mm -hmm. teach them a Bible message. You know, I, I, I had, I, I, I don't know if I'd mentioned this to you at some point when we were in a meeting somewhere, but I had my, my, uh, I had, I had an opportunity to be, spend some time with my family and the, my family, they're not, they're not Christians. They're not churchgoers. They're not, they're not like ignorant of God, but they just, they're not Christian. They don't, you know, mm -hmm. and so their language is totally different. And, <laughs> you know, at one point someone made a comment, let's go and get some edibles. And I'm thinking, fruit in the shape of flowers why would we want to eat that i mean that's for people that are, you know what are we doing why are they, and then i realized when they're talking about edibles they're talking about marijuana lace food yeah. you know yeah. and i I'm, I'm here i'm like an idiot I'm like i have a master's degree man i mean i'm not like <laughs> I, you know i've been to school i didn't even know what they were talking about because they were on an entirely different plane and every other word was you know uh, a bad word here or there no one was angry. It's just the way they talk. And I yeah. felt, and I prayed, I said, Lord, I don't have anything to, how can I witness to people when I don't even speak the same language? 
I don't even mm-hmm. know what they're talking about. How can they know what I... We have got to find a simpler way to share this wonderful truth. The greatest story ever told. The, 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 the truest greatest story ever told. And so you you talk to my heart, man. I think, you know, I, I if I had... And, and let me say this, just a shameless plug. What you're saying is part of the purpose of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I am trying to find a way to be able to connect with people to get their attention, but to 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 share some Bible knowledge with them, some Bible truth, because of course you and I know if you get to know the author of Scripture, your life will never, ever be the same again. Amen. And so, yeah. you know, if I had millions of dollars, uh, I would I would probably uh, you know uh, hire somebody else to make the video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'll take the credit if it's good. Although I, I would give, I would probably get canceled because nobody's going to be happy, right? This is just the world we live in. Everybody has to be offended about something. But let, right. let me say, <laughs> I want to, Dustin. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, happy to. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm about to wrap this up. Is there anything else you want to share before we kind of wrap this thing up? No, I, I think, I think one, one other thing that we could say actually is. Um, I think some Christians saw it as a convicting thing as well. And and sometimes, and I think this is important for people to understand, God's light and his blessings shine on all of us. And some of us behave like clay in the sun, and some of us behave like ice in the sun. Mm. And so when God's love, his blessings, his conviction, his truths come upon some of us, we melt and we say, thank you, God, for speaking to my heart. Others of us, when we feel God moving in our life, we harden like clay. And I think for a lot of Christians, they saw some of those pictures and their heart was, God was speaking to them Mm. and they turned into clay rather than ice. And so my, my appeal to people listening to this podcast is if you feel God speaking to your heart, if you feel him trying to do something in your life, melt like ice and start talking to him. You know, find somebody that knows a little bit more about God than you do. But when you feel God moving in your life, don't harden like clay, melt like ice. Mm. Let, let that icy heart, heart of yours melt because of the love of Jesus. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pastor Hall, thank you for thank you for being with me here on the podcast. I, w- I want to share with you as we kind of bring the podcast to a close that it is it is the the goal of this podcast, it, and I really love the intention of what they did with that commercial. And yes, you know we can always find things to pick at with anything, but it depends on your perspective. Are, are you looking to learn? Are you looking to grow? I think some of those people who complain never do anything themselves to try and reach people. Or if they Mm -hmm. try, they don't have a whole lot of success. Let me say this to you listening or or watching the podcast. I would like for you to know this, that Jesus knows everything about you and loves you anyway. And if he feels that way about you, don't you think you should at least take some time to get to know him? Amen. That's my take. And that's inspiration to go.